Coming up, we've got some Central PA driver news, some dirt racing esports updates, and we jump into a big question about dirt racing strategy. Let's go. Today is Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. It was just a matter of days ago that we were talking about Matt Campbell and Pennsylvania Sprint Car Team at Premier Motorsports splitting up, but Campbell already has a new seat for 2022. Area restaurant owner Ron Rutherford is starting his own Sprint Car Team, and Campbell is set to drive the new 19R machine. With his Mama's, Pizza's, uh, Mama's Pizza restaurant, Rutherford has been a sponsor of Campbell's in the past, uh, but has been looking to get into team ownership for a while. Two names you probably know in Danny Dietrich and Brent Marks are helping Rutherford and Campbell get things going this offseason. Marks is even helping build cars right now with the team utilizing Maxim chassis and rider engines. According to Speed Sports' Kyle McFadden, the new team hopes to run 40 races next season between Lincoln, Baps, and The Grove. Always good to see new teams and new owners getting involved in these situations. The iRacing World of Outlaws World Championship has reached the halfway point in the season with last night's race at Williams Grove completed. So far, it feels like nobody wants to take control of this championship. After back-to-back -back wins in the previous weeks, Swindell Speed Lab driver James Edens entered last night as the points leader and had a top-five starting spot for the feature, but like Alex Bergeron the week before, Edens suffered connection problems and missed the start of the race. He was able to rejoin, but ended up finishing the race a lap down in 18th. That blew the standings wide open again, but two drivers in the top five couldn't capitalize because third in points Blake Majulis and fifth in points Evan C missed last night's feature, not able to transfer out of those B mains. Once green, we were treated to a nice battle for the lead with, uh, with pole setter Braden Eiler and second in points Cameron Merriman duking it out. Inside 10 to go, Eiler's car came alive uh, in the slick and he was able to get past Merriman and drive away to his second career Pro Series win with the World of Outlaws. Merriman settled for second with Logan Rumsey third, Alex Bergeron fourth, and Kendall Tucker in fifth. The trouble for Eden's end, the second for Merriman, should see Merriman jump up into the lead of the standings going to the next race. I think there will be plenty of other shuffling again in the top 10 with Knoxville up next on the calendar. The series goes quiet next week for Christmas and then returns to action on December 27th. On the Dirt Car eSports side, that tour follows the World of Outlaws series into Williams Grove on Wednesday this week with 360 winged sprint cars. With three full points nights complete in this most recent season, you'll find a lot of similar names on top in this series as you do with the Pro Series. Uh, Alex Bergeron is the current points leader by one over Evan C. and Logan Rumsey. Blake Majulis and Nick Cooper complete the top five. Tyler Jackson tops the street stock points. If you're unaware, the Dirt Car Esports events run on Wednesday nights well into January and can be watched live on Dirt Vision. As about the analytics section of DirtTracker.com, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is what exactly teams and drivers can do with the data provided there. Is any of that information actionable for the competitors? For example, we've seen advanced analytics across stick and ball sports transform game plans. In the NBA, teams have shifted heavily into three-point shooting in recent years and moved away from some of those longer two-point shots because of simple value. Even at a lower shooting percentage, a three-point shot makes way more sense than a long two does over time. That's an insight discovered through data analysis. 
And I don't know about you, but I've become enthralled with Formula One in recent seasons to the point where I even watch all of the practice and qualifying sessions. I'm just kind of crazy about it. Data and simulations play a very important role in both car setups and race strategy calls. And it's those strategy calls that often provide a lot of the drama, including late in the championship finale last weekend in Abu Dhabi. But the structure of dirt racing is different. For one, the races are a lot shorter, and two, once the car is set up and rolled away from the trailer, there isn't a whole lot the crew can do to help out a driver. Outside of maybe some signaling about where to be on the track, the crew has very little input on the race's outcome once the green flag flies. I think the closest we ever come to any real strategy in dirt racing is those rare occasions where you might have a heat race inversion, and guys try and sandbag through qualifying to get a better heat race start. Think like the Knoxville Nationals or Kings Royal. But there does seem to be some question about whether or not that is actually possible to pull off and whether the risk of falling too far behind in qualifying is too great of a risk to even take the chance in the first place. To give you an idea of what I'm thinking about with dirt racing specifically, let's talk about start position with the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. In 2018 and 2019, the most wins from any starting position with the Outlaws came from the pole. That would seem to make sense here. You start first, you get the jump coming to the green and have the advantage for the race. But something has changed in the past two seasons, and that pole position advantage isn't quite what it was. In both 2020 and 2021, more wins came from the outside front row, the second starting position, than from the pole. It's a curious shift, and I think it's something on its own to be explored. But in terms of strategy, is there something actionable in there for the teams? The front of Outlaw fields are set by the dash, and the dash lineup itself is set by a random draw. I think that alone removes some of the possibility of utilizing strategy, but hear me out here. And I know a lot of you are like, this is super nerdy, I don't care about these stats, but just hear me out. If you're near the front of the dash, and you know that statistically you have a better chance at some racetracks of getting the early lead in the feature from the outside, do you find a way to second instead of battling for the lead? Or if you're like third, do you take some bigger risk to try to get to second? On any given night, this type of move, and I think the, uh, any possible gains in the advantage, are really negligible. But over the course of 80 nights, those very small differences add up to much bigger effects at the end of the season. The difference in the championship uh, this year between Brad Sweet and David Gravel with the World of Outlaws was 80 points. At two points per position, that's 40 spots. 40 spots over 77 races is just a tick more than half a position per night. With that small of a gap between the 49 and the 2, I think it might be possible to employ some small measures of strategy like this to make gains. And through the course of a race night, there are other places where moves like this could be made. In this current age of dirt racing, especially with open wheel divisions, everyone has effectively the same stuff, the same chassis, the same shocks, the same engines, the same tires. So I think teams have to get creative to find other advantages. And I know when I talk about this stuff, there's a certain percentage of my audience that either glazes over or turns me off completely because the stats just don't mean anything to them. And that's fine here. You know, I understand a lot of you just say, get in the car, drive the wheels off of it. And I think that's a big appeal of dirt racing, the fact that there maybe isn't as much strategy. Uh, it's a lot easier to understand uh, uh, that way as well, and I get it. But I think the numbers tell a story, and I think adding some context uh, in, in here to what are very long seasons. If you look at the numbers, you can kind of get an idea better of what's happening on a night-to-night -night basis. So drop me a comment on this. Is strategy possible in dirt racing, do you think? I think, you know, let me know, could a game like this be played to an advantage? Let me hear your thoughts about dirt racing strategy. I know there are people that are in my audience that actually compete in dirt racing. 
so if there are those of you that are out there that actually try strategy of some sort, certainly drop me a comment and let me know. The only thing on the streaming schedule today is Flow Racing 24-7. Going to be quiet on the streaming platforms here in the coming weeks for a little bit. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. I hope you have a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, as always, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. If you'd like to email us, you can always do that as well at info at dirttracker.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. 